Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about hair and baldness, and that strange thinning no man's land in between. Going bald is every young man's nightmare and most ageing men's fate. Male grooming has become a multi-billion dollar global industry, with an array of hair care products coming onto the market each week, claiming to make men more attractive and, crucially, help them to keep or even restore their hair. With me to talk about the latest miracle cure for baldness is its inventor, Larry Barry. Hello. Larry is one of our lecturers in digital humanities here at South Mimsu, and he's also a digital entrepreneur, and he has a fine head of hair. Well, thank you. Yes, it is a very fine head of hair. Whereas, dear listener, I must reveal that I am completely bald. Not by choice. I am the classic sufferer of the male pattern baldness syndrome. It's hereditary. I come from a long line of shiny pates, and even my mother went quite bald when she got very old. But, and this is what makes me a little different to many men, I like being bald. I think it suits me. It makes my life much easier. All I have to do is shave the areas of remaining active follicles every couple of days, and I walk out into the world with a glossy dome, ready to do intellectual battle with the students and colleagues in this cauldron of academic debate that we enjoy here in southern Hertfordshire. Yeah, right, okay. You don't believe me, Larry? Well, I think perhaps that you doth protest too much. The fact is that men don't want to be bald. They don't like being bald, and they'll do anything to have a great head of hair like mine. Uh, Could you stop shaking it like that? It's a little annoying, and if I may say so, it, it makes a strange noise. Actually... Please shake it some more so our listeners can hear. Okay, sure. That doesn't sound like hair. That's because it's digital hair. So underneath that wig you're actually bald? It's not a wig, it's my hair. It's a hair transplant then? No, it's not a transplant, it's a prosthetic. Like a wooden leg? Wooden? How old are you? Artificial limbs aren't made of wood anymore. Most of them are sophisticated pieces of technology made from titanium or steel. OK, OK, OK. But the point I'm making is that you are, in truth, a bald man. I am not a bald man. I have hair. It's not real hair. It's smart hair. Synthetic yes, hair? Yes, synthetic, but smart. And it's hair. I think you're being a bit aggressive and dismissive if you characterise my hair as anything other than hair. It's not natural, is my point. You weren't born with it. Your follicles aren't producing natural hair. You are a bald man in essence. Okay, so yes, I was a bald man. I wasn't born a bald man like you. We're the same. But, like you, I became one. Isn't being bald just part of being human? Sure, but it's like an illness, you know, a, a deformity. And if you succumb to a loss of both hair and hope, then you are, in my opinion, less than human. How so? Well, being human is all about being more than a mere organism, a mere mess of blood and bones and flesh and sinew. We are creatures who can modify the world around us and the world inside ourselves. That's why we must fight baldness. But it's a natural process, a process which leads to a normal state, that of being bald, like me. I'm proud of my skull. I've been told it has an arresting shape. It shows that I am, in fact, rather intelligent as well as attractive. (laughs) Who told you that? Many people. 
Okay, if you say so, I'm, I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder. For me, baldness is something that makes me feel less than myself. I, I'm not bald. So why should I succumb to baldness when there is the possibility of reversing the process? You didn't reverse it. You just stuck a lot of digital fibres into your skull. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but that made me smarter as well as more attractive. Oh, what was that? Oh, uh, this technology is still in its prototype stage. Uh, sometimes the, uh, the static builds up. And that? What? What's that? Well, I get a little interference sometimes. We're working on it. Okay, okay, okay. Now, it's my contention that baldness is something to be embraced and even cherished. I've been working on a book on the subject. A book about baldness? A history of baldness, yes. Well, who would want to read that? Well, my agent says it could be a bestseller. One of those outliers that race to the top of the bestseller list. <laughs> is he bald? No, she isn't. Oh, and was she the one who told you that being bald is attractive? Uh, we don't have that kind of relationship. Well, look, let us be honest. Women don't like bald men. Ah, I think you're wrong. Many women favour a bald man. Yeah, right. They say that, but they seek out men with nice, thick heads of hair. That is a myth. It's a myth that is not a myth. Is that a meme, then? What? That a myth is not a myth when people start saying that it's a myth is a meme. I don't know what you're talking about. No matter. My book shows that human culture has always erred on the side of the hirsute. You're, you're losing me. Okay. In the Bible, Book of Kings to be exact, some kids mock the prophet Elisha because he is bald. So God sends two female bears to track down the kids and, well, eat them. That's a bit drastic. Well, God can be a bit drastic in the Bible. All that fire and brimstone and plagues and such. In fact, wasn't one of the plagues that all men went bald? I don't know. You're the historian. I might be wrong. Anyway, throughout the centuries, myth and fable has often included stories about hair and baldness and the masculine idea of what it means to be a man. Well, like Samson and Delilah. Exactly. Yes, good point. Samson's source of immense strength was his hair, so Delilah had to cut it off to subdue him. So, like I said, bald is bad. Only Samson wasn't bald. He was just cropped, shaved but not follically challenged. So when his hair grew back, he was strong again and managed to destroy his captors. Right, so hair is good. No hair is bad. The Bible is contradictory on baldness. But, it, all right, so isn't, isn't that the human condition? Yes, that, a good point again, Larry. The story goes that Julius Caesar was bald and didn't like people pointing it out. Really? Yeah. Suetonius, in his History of the Twelve Caesars... So there were twelve? Clearly. But in Julius Caesar's case, he was famous for his comb-over. Oh, that's strange. Indeed. And it's why you, whenever you see a statue or a picture of JC, he's wearing those laurel leaves. Right, uh, kind of like a, a baseball cap to hide the paint. Yeah, perhaps. Well, this is what Suetonius wrote in the first century or so. Finding by experience that the deformity of his bald head was oftentimes subject to the scoffs and scorn of backbiters and slanderers, Caesar took it to heart, and so he both drew down the hair that grew but thin from the crown towards his forehead, and also of all honours decreed upon him by the Senate and people, he favoured the privilege to always wear the triumphant garland of laurel leaves. Right, OK, so you're making my point, aren't no, no, you? No, 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 no. I'm showing you that baldness had links to the fear of growing old amongst men. 
of being unattractive to the opposite sex and a loss of strength. Which is why my digital hair is so necessary. I don't think it is necessary, but I'm sure it will be a profitable invention. My point is that it's a shame that men, men like you, Larry, can't just accept who they are and be proud of their looks. But I want hair. I understand. Look, that. look, I, I, I'm sure in your historical research you've found lots of examples of bald men being ashamed or being shamed by other people and ridiculed, like that, like that Bible story you mentioned. But Oh, yes, yes, oh. there are many. But what I also stress is that there are a lot of writers who praised baldness. But I want hair. I understand that. Look, look, I'm sure in your historical research you've found lots of examples of bald men being shamed by others and, and ridiculed by people, like, like, like the Bible story. Yeah, 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 yes, there are many. But what I also stress is that there are a lot of writers who praised baldness. Just a couple of hundred years after Suetonius wrote his History of the Caesars, one Synesius of Cyrene wrote a book which was devoted entirely to praising baldness. You're kidding. Yeah, he was a Neoplatonist philosopher who became a bishop. Didn't monks, like, shave their heads anyway? They shaved tonsures, yes, but that was a sign of humility rather than a celebration of the bald. OK, but I don't see what this has got to do with my invention, to be frank. Well, it has everything to do with it. What your invention does is to continue what is an ancient debate. Hair good, bald bad. Sure, I get that. All right, what did the Synesius say then? Well, he was countering an argument by a writer called Dio of the Golden Tongue. Now, you can imagine what that guy must well, have been like. Who was it? Well, probably, probably another bishop who must have had a great head of hair. For he said that hair was beautiful and all humans strive to find beauty. And so people with wonderful hair, male and female, are more beautiful if they have great hair. Which I suppose Synesius didn't. No, he didn't. Which is why he wrote his book. He points out that Socrates was bald and that Socrates liked being bald because it was a sign of intelligence. Synesius pointed out that the hair itself, once it emerges out into the air and the light, is a dead thing. And it just hangs there, or curls in the damp air, or frizzes in the dry air of ancient Greece, and becomes a nest of lice and a source of great itching. <laughs> That's a bit much, isn't it? Well, think about it. This was a time before shampoo and conditioner and all that stuff. Yeah, OK. But you can't claim that bald men are more intelligent than men with hair. Donald Trump? Well, oh, hold on, hold on. We don't know where the guy, you know, that guy is on the dial. I mean... Really, underneath all those carefully crafted waves, he's yeah. bald. Yeah, but his vain attempts to disguise it makes my point. Or should I say, Synesius's point. The less hair you have, the more brain cells you boast. I don't know if that works. Yeah, but or, that's rubbish, really, surely. Well, the argument then goes that humans are at the pinnacle of the natural world. I won't say evolution, because they didn't really have that concept back in the first millennium. The creatures of the Earth were hairy. Humans were much less hairy. Humans were more intelligent than any other creature. Ergo, bald was the pinnacle of the natural world. That's rubbish. Yeah, but you can see the point. The debate about baldness is an ancient one and can sometimes get silly. Yeah, but, but I still contend that there is a deep need for men to keep their hair. And if they've lost it, to regain it. And that is what my digital hair is all about. OK, 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 OK. So how does it work? Right, OK, so we've created a new kind of fibre which can be implanted into the skin on the skull without causing a reaction or irritation. Well, what are they made of? The fibres, that is. Well, I can't reveal that. The technology is still being patented. OK, OK, but these digital strands, they're just passive or, 
or can they be controlled? Well, no, that's the point, you see. This is the first hair replacement technology that can be totally controlled by the user, the man on whose head it sits. Controlled? Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you, you see, this is a, a revolutionary idea. You have hair and you can have it any way you want it, in any style, in any colour. <laughs> I, I don't understand. All right, okay, look, here, here, watch, watch. What about this? Oh my God! Your hair, your hair is suddenly blonde. How did you do that? Well, on my phone with the app. <laughs> it's a bit like one of those apps where you can modify a photo of someone, you know, by adding puppy ears or big Bambi eyes. Yeah, yeah, except uh, this is just for the hair. Surely, surely. What else can you do? Well, I can be Andy Warhol if I want, all platinum blonde. Amazing. Or go deep black. Or blue. <laughs> or ginger. <laughs> Warhol to Ed Sheeran in a few seconds. It's incredible. <laughs> but isn't it a bit confusing for, well, for your family and friends? Well, they get used to it. What about styles? Well, you never have to go to the barber again because you just have a remotely programmed digital haircut like this. Incredible. I'll just explain for the sake of our listeners. You've gone from a quite ordinary thick mop of brown hair with a parting to, well, it looks like a a, a curly mop of auburn locks. Yeah, yeah. I, I use this style when I go out on a Friday with my girlfriend. At work, I'm more like this. Whoa! Suddenly Larry looks like... Well, well, well I, I'd call that a serious executive haircut, which denotes competence and formality. It does. And if I'm feeling a little punky, I just choose full Sex Pistols. <laughs> a pink Mohican with a thick gel and a line of green at the root. What else does your digital hair do? Uh, well, actually, it's a Wi-Fi hotspot that can be linked to your home account. Just look, look at your phone. Okay. Choose Wi-Fi. Is this you, Sexy Larry? Well, that's me. Connect. OK. Oh! Sorry. Uh, again, uh, we're still ironing out um, a few little bugs. Oh, bugs. Digital lice. Oh, you can joke about that, but, well, um, we did have a problem like that recently. What, with digital lice? Well, it, it was from a hacker, Victor Emmanuel Sammy Smith. I mean, you've probably heard of him. He, he hacked into our beta product and added these little moving holograms which made the hair itch. You can't trust those Maltese hackers. No, no, you can't. You can't trust them at all. But any, anyway, look, the hair can also glow. So when you, you, so you can walk home at night and see where you're going, like this. Whoa, that's very bright for a glow. Or you can turn it down. Oh, OK, right. Uh, change colour? Yeah, yeah, from white to green to blue. You can even do disco lights when you're at a party. Useful! Uh, the life, light and soul of the party. Like in those old cartoons of men who put the lampshade on their heads. Yeah, something like that, except you don't need a lampshade. Yeah, but <laughs> doesn't it take up a lot of energy? Not a lot, no, no. All, all you've got to do, though, is remember to charge it at night. We have a special charging pillow which has NFC. NFC. Near field wireless charging. Inductive charging. 
it creates a magnetic field to charge itself. And so you can also use it to charge your phone or any other device. It, it's the future. So around your head is a magnetic field? Yeah. Is that okay for your brain? Well, all the research suggests that we've got the levels just right. But um, does your head become like a magnet? Oh, not really. Okay, so if I was to hold this heavy iron doorstop, which usually sits over there, no, no, by no, your head... No, no, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, oh, and why would you ever do just, that? Just, just to prove what you... Oh, uh, ah, um, oh, dear. Um, oh, uh, um, I, I think we'd better oh. end the podcast here. Uh, someone call an ambulance. Oh, Digital technology has its oh. limits, I think, and perhaps being bald isn't as bad as you think it is, so it's best to accept your fate. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Oh, God. Oh.